It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! <laughs> In my whole life, <laughs> I got some things to say. I'm still slowly dying, but uh. hey, we all are. Good morning, Back Row Radio. I'm Matt. And I'm Hillary. And you're streaming the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show exclusively on BackRowRadio.com. On today's show, will your church break the law to show the Super Bowl? And we dive into a deeper topic. TV shows that truly hurt us deeply. So deep. But first, it is January 27th and we have a holiday to celebrate. What is today, Hillary? January 27th, 2020, in case you forgot the year. National Bubble Wrap Appreciation Day. If bubble wrap makes you think about the exquisite joy of popping noises or perhaps just moving to a new apartment, you're already a fan. Show your bubble love today on National Bubble Wrap Appreciation Day. Whoops, that was my phone. How dare you? I was doing so well. Why are people texting me this early? Um, Why are people texting you in general? Michael Mordanga. (laughs) Michael, I'm calling you out, boy. Can I finish, please? Yes, please. Bubble wrap. Bubble wrap. Show your bubble lap, blah, bubble. See, now I'm all tongue-tied. Show your bubble love today on National Bubble Wrap Appreciation Day, which America proudly celebrates on the last Monday in January. How did this bubblicious holiday begin? A radio station once inadvertently unwrapped microphones on airs, and the listeners loved it. The rest is bubble history. So get pappin'. And good news, a survey by Sealed Air Corporation supposedly found that one minute spent popping bubble wrap relieves as much stress as a 33-minute massage. Mm, That's not as fun. It's not, no. (laughs) Especially those aqua massages. Those are choice. The ones where you're like in a weird... uh, Like a pod thing. Pod and it's just shooting you with water. It's so great. I have yet to experience one of those. They're phenomenal. I'd like to, yeah. So, uh, Mo is out this week. She and her family are on a vacation, which is weird in the middle of January, but whatever. No judgments. To each their own. Yep. Uh, uh, Mo should be back next week. So, uh, kindly filling in is Hillary Berkey. That's me. It's been a while. Hot minute. Been a while. First time on the new branded show. Truth. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So how how have things been going for you? You know, things are all right. I, uh, new semester, new students, new classroom setup, which is pretty great. John and I are doing fabulously. Um, let's see. I hit my knee twice on the same area. Of my desk in the same spot on my knee, so I have a nice bruise, mm. which is great. Yeah, so that's always always fun. Always fun. Um, but recently, I was talking to some of my third period students about the differences between WWE and UFC, mm. and you know, stu- students are saying, "Well, WWE is fake, and I don't want to listen to, or I don't want to watch it." And UFC this, and somehow Ronda Rousey got brought up, which makes sense because she's right. done both. She's in both. <clears throat> So some people are talking about how she's not in the WWE anymore and this and that. Classroom got kind of quiet. And one of my male students just very calmly said, I'd let Ronda Rousey punch me in the face. (laughs) And I just thought, boy, you are so weird. It's the weirdest thing that's ever been said in my classroom. And he didn't mean it in like a, I'd let her punch me in the face because I think it would be cool. Mm -hmm. Like, he fancies her. Yeah. Yeah, you just know. That the whole Ronda Rousey thing's been strange. The first like I I was aware of Ronda Rousey when she was the undefeated in the UFC. Yeah. Uh you know, I was aware that she was holding that title and she was getting all these accolades. But then she was going to be fighting Holly Holm. From Albuquerque. From Albuquerque. <laughs> and so that's you know, that's the hometown girl here in New Mexico. So uh we all, you know, a bunch of us went over and watched this. Mm-hmm. Uh and most people on the planet are cheering for Ronda Rousey, just mm-hmm. expecting Ronda Rousey to win. Yeah. But we're all cheering for Holly Holm. Because. And yeah. we're watching like the pre-show interviews and Ronda Rousey just 
It's coming off like a real jerk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Holly Holm is just like, look, I'm going to go out there and give him my best. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, she has to win, right? It's yeah. going to be a tragedy if she doesn't win. And then she did. And we In were like all blown away. Less than 20 seconds. Right? It was great. We're like, there's no way. How is Holly Holm not always the champion? Yeah. Because every time I've seen her fight, it's always been that quick. So anyway, it was really cool. But then I was, uh, so, you know, I negative. I had negative feelings towards Ronda Rousey for yeah. a while. And then she came to WWE. She showed up. Ugh. And I enjoyed it. I was like. Oh, yeah, I didn't. I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. I didn't. I didn't equate her to Brock Lesnar like a lot of people did. You know, I didn't oh, yeah, think. No, I didn't. I didn't think it was like that because I hate Brock Lesnar. I've always yeah. hated Brock Lesnar. I it's want terrible. him to leave and yeah. never come back. Amen. Um, but <laughs> Jesus, if you're listening, there's. Um... If I had one prayer this year, please. Um, but I, I actually really enjoyed Ronda Rousey's time uh, in the WWE. Uh, I think she had a couple really, really good matches. It was like a literal year, though. Sure. But it was just one. But what like, makes it cool in my eyes is that she's been a fan of WWE for a long time. She got to come in and have one really cool year. She got to do all the ups and downs that one does in a uh, typical WWE career and got to experience pretty much all those highs and lows in a year and then go have a family. Uh, I liked it. I just, there are so many deserving women in that locker room that I feel worked harder for sure. for the no, opportunity. So for her to just be handed the title, pretty much handed the title, in my opinion. No. Come on. I really she was. She, plain and simple. She I no she She did. She was in no. Yeah. No, no she didn't. Yeah. But but what I will say is that she did shake things up, which is always good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. In a vital time mm-hmm. for, for WWE's women's division. Yeah. That's when they were really trying to give it legitimacy. And so bringing in a essentially female Brock Lesnar character yeah. uh, was a great move on WWE's part. To uh, They should have brought in Holly Holm, though. I'm just saying. She wouldn't have disappointed. Right? Right. Holly Holm up in here. Uh, anyway, sorry, we got wrestling on the brain with Royal Rumble having been yesterday, but uh, no spoilers though. Yeah. You're welcome. So, <laughs> guess who won? All the winners. That's right. Uh, coming up next, we're going to be talking about: Is your church going to air the Super Bowl? Let's make sure they do it legally, eh? We'll be back at the top of the hour with more the morning side hug right here on Back Row Radio. Back to the morning side hug, a back row morning show here on backrowradio.com. We're going to kick off the second hour as we always do with five random facts. You know what? I've got five random facts for you, Matt Coker. Let's do it. All right. Across the globe, Ronald McDonald is recognized by 96% of the population, making him the world's most recognizable character. Which makes it even more dumb that they changed their mascot, their kid's mascot, to that weird anthropomorphic uh, Happy Meal box with the creepy face. Oh, I didn't realize that. that I didn't realize they've that used that there. for like the last three years. I think it's the creepiest looking thing on the planet. But they don't use Ronald McDonald anymore for the kids commercials and things. And that's from a marketing position, the dumbest thing. Yeah, the most recognizable character in the world. Only four percent of the population have no idea who he is. Yeah. And you're just going to throw that away. I, I'm sorry. That's, yeah, Dumb, that's One of the dumber moves McDonald's has made. Yeah. Maybe they'll hear this <laughs> and they'll say, you know what? Time to change things up a They're bit. They're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, next. The most expensive pizza in the world is the 8-inch Louis the 8th. No, no. That's not 8th. <laughs> yeah. They, oh, that's 13. Sorry. <laughs> You didn't. You should have written a thirteen. Here, I'll That's do it. Not how those names are written. <laughs> Whatever. I don't even want to be here. <laughs> Just kidding. The most expensive pizza in the world is the eight-inch Louis the Thirteenth. It is topped with mozzarella, 
three types of caviar, imported lobster from Norway, pink salt collected by hand from the Murray River. It costs $12,000, and it is prepared by three people who fly in from <laughs> Italy. Here's the thing. If my pizza costs more than 13 or $14, I'm not getting it. <laughs> who are you that you've got so much money you're going to pay $12,000 for a piece of pizza or a whole 8-inch pizza? That's not even a small. Right? That's not even. <laughs> I don't That's understand hilarious. people. <laughs> Heck's wrong, people. Anyway, all right. Next, we've got Stephen Hillenberg, the creator of SpongeBob SquarePants, was a marine science educator as well as an animator. He got the idea for the cartoon after noticing how fascinated his students were by tide pools. Mm-hmm. I almost read Tide Pods, and I was like, no, that can't be right. <laughs> that can't be right. Kids are fascinated with Tide Pods. Yes. <laughs> oh man and that would explain so much about spongebob squarepants it kind of would yeah <laughs> all right actor hugh laurie realized he had severe clinical depression when he felt neither excited nor frightened after seeing two cars collide and explode in front of him at a charity demolition derby he commented boredom is not an appropriate response to exploding cars mm-hmm. i don't know if that's really a fact or if that's just like a sad thing. Because <laughs> I really like Hugh Laurie. So that's... Ooh, this one's good. An adult giraffe can smash a lion's skull with a single kick. <laughs> I think it'd be more impressive if it was with its neck. Just kind of like headbutt a lion. Just Can you imagine the torque you would have to get to really well, swing your but neck they've around? But they've got so much that? room. They've got so much <laughs> neck, you know? But I just mean... It's like you pick up a eight foot long two by four and try and swing it really fast to break something. I'm a four foot eleven inch human being. <laughs> There's no way that's happening. No way. All right, so the Super Bowl is coming up this weekend, everybody. And if your church is like my church, y'all are gonna not have church <laughs> instead. You'll have a Super Bowl watching party. Which is great. Which is great. It is common. Um, most church Super Bowl party, parties parties, are perfectly party. legal. Uh, but a few regulations could cause the NFL to throw a penalty flag at you, uh, at your congregation. That would be bad. Uh, <laughs> we, don't have, we don't have that kind of money. In fact, a few years ago, Super Bowl parties appeared to be in jeopardy. Many churches canceled their plans after the NFL began legally objecting to virtually all public showings, including those hosted at religious organizations. Uh, In 2007, Fall Creek Baptist Church received a letter from the NFL informing them their planned Super Bowl party violated copyright laws. So yeah, it's a big organization, but they weren't above coming to one specific church who advertised. Um, What are they, like a a billion-dollar-a-year company? (laughs) Multi-billion? Yeah. The league objected to the church showing the game on a giant screen as news spread. Other churches began to cancel their events. Uh, After substantial backlash, however, the NFL amended their rules to allow churches to show the Super Bowl regardless of screen size. Uh, but despite the change, other regulations remain in place. So we need to make sure that your church is following these four guidelines. And this comes from factsandtrends.net from an article by Aaron Earls called Four Guidelines to Keep Your Church Super Bowl Party from Being Illegal. Which is always good because always good. Jesus wants us to um, obey the laws. Uh, so yeah. I'm just throwing that out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So number one, first thing that you need to make sure you're not doing don't charge admission. Oh, dang it. Churches cannot charge for people to watch the game. Uh, donations can be accepted to offset costs of food and other items, but you cannot require a gotcha. payment of any kind at this event. Uh, using the event to collect canned goods for a local food pantry and similar charity-driven promotions is perfectly allowed, though. Well, yeah, for, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so be, that would really be really cool. cool. Uh, Number two, the location matters. The specific allowance from the NFL says that a church is free to show the game in its usual place of worship, as in within your normal church building. It cannot rent a different facility like an auditorium or a theater specifically to watch the game, even if the only people invited are people from your church. Uh, That's interesting. 
the allowances are only with respect to church property, not rented spaces. Now, if your church has a big auditorium with the giant screen, that's absolutely fine because it's on your property. Now, that would be interesting to figure out churches that are like plants, so they meet in schools. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. That's a little wonky. It is. Number three, know the rules about names and logos. Although the NFL famously protects the use of the phrase Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. as in a lot of people can't even put that in their ads, uh, can't say Super Bowl Sunday, Uh, I believe the common thing is to say Superb Owl Uh, (laughs) in reference to it. But I don't like owls because they're birds and I don't like birds. Um. Churches are actually free to refer to the game by name, mention the teams play, uh, the teams playing, and use the uh, NFL in their promotional materials. Huh. However, they cannot use any logos. So they can't use the NFL logo. They oh, okay. can't use the Super Bowl logo. Can't use the team's logos in any of their advertisements. All right. Can I use like the XLF, whatever it's? No, the... that's the Super Bowl logo. No, no, no. The, um, oh, you mean just use the, the Roman numerals. The Roman numerals for the... Yeah. Okay. They can't. But copyright. I can't use the the logo that they right. create. Okay. Gotcha. They can't copyright the Roman numeral. I don't think. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, lastly, DVRs are okay. While the NFL prohibits rebroadcasting of its games, churches can use a DVR, a digital video recorder, to watch the game from the beginning in its entirety, if Sunday evening services run past kickoff time. That's cool. Yeah. So they, they make allowances for that. So we could have Sunday service. We're just choosing not to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, a 2017 Lifeway research study found that three in five churches that have Sunday night activities uh, will continue as normal despite the Super Bowl. So this uh, allowance is a, a, a very thing. nice gesture. Yeah. 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 Good uh, on you, Super yeah. Bowl committee or whatever. <laughs> NFL, I guess it would be. Yeah. There are a lot more uh, Super Bowl regulations uh, and church-related copyright laws, but these are the big ones that churches tend to uh, either break or not know if they're allowed to do. Um, so you can find more about this, again, at factsandtrends.net, the article, Four Guidelines to Keep Your Church Super Bowl Party from Being Illegal by Aaron Earls. Uh, it was posted just a few days ago. That would be a good refresher for your church. Send it to your pastor or your party planning committee. Ah, <laughs> we should definitely have one of those. Shirts. And uh, make sure y'all are all in line because as Hillary said, Jesus likes it when we obey the laws. He does. He literally <laughs> put it in the Bible, so you should probably follow that. Alright, coming up next, what TV shows sucked us in and then stabbed us in the heart? We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the si- the morning side hug right here on Back Row Radio. It's literally written out for yeah, you. Yeah, well, I have dyslexia. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on Back Row Radio. It is the third hour, and in the third hour, we usually like to take a uh, larger look at a larger topic. And uh, while it's often super serious, this one is a little more lighthearted in the fact that it's about TV shows, but it's also going to really hurt to go through this. Spoiler alert, if you're currently watching any of these TV shows... Yeah, we, we, it's going to be, be a blanket spoiler alert. We will announce what show we're talking about in each little segment here. Uh, but if you're watching that and you don't want to see it, just quickly turn us off for a little bit. And then you can turn the show back on Yeah, five minutes later. Good it should idea. be fine. Should but, be. <laughs> no promises. But uh, what we're going through is this, this is actually a list that comes from BuzzFeed. And I actually have two lists in front of me that are similar in nature because that's what BuzzFeed does. It just recycles content. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're calling you out, BuzzFeed. Uh, but there are TV scenes that are absolutely heartbreaking from start to finish or episodes of TV uh, to watch. And I'm sorry, the saddest episodes of television that have ever aired, stuff like that. So Ooh. this is stuff. This is stuff from shows that we've all loved. Well, some of them I've never seen. But yeah. anyway, yeah. 
moments that have just killed us. Oh, yeah. Killed us on TV shows. Uh, we're going to go through this list. Uh, I've already been through them, and I know I, I haven't seen a lot of these, but I have seen plenty of scenes, so we'll talk about a few more after we go through the lists. But uh, let's see. Hillary has seen a lot more of these than I have. Probably, because yeah. I'm better than you are. Because you have a lot more free time to just sit and veg. That's not true. <laughs> I used to have a lot more free time. Uh, you binge watch while you're working at the school. Actually, I'm do not. You, I'm not able not? to do that because they blocked Hulu. Oh, because of you, I bet. Probably, <laughs> jerks. I go to watch another episode of Golden Girls, and it's like can't connect. Check your server. Like, well, I can't. Uh. All right. So the first one on the list is from Jane the Virgin. I've never seen it. Okay, good. It's when Jane learned that Michael had died. So I don't know any of these people. Let's see. Well, but somebody died, and that's sad. Yeah, that is, so that's, is some some character died. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this one I have seen. This one, this one did hurt. How I Met Your Mother. When Lily told Marshall oh, that his dad had a heart attack and died because they didn't tell him. They didn't tell um, what's the actor's name. They didn't tell Jason the guy Siegel. who played Marshall. They did not. They gave him a wrong script. So when she came oh. up crying and said that, that is his legit reaction. And it's because he's what does he say? Like I can't do this. I'm not, I'm not ready. ready. For this. Oh, if anybody's ever <laughs> lost anybody, you know that like you're not ready when they go. You're just not. Well, I mean, oh. yeah, when you first watch that episode, it might not be apparently. Or it might be not super apparent, but they're doing a countdown they, through the yeah, whole episode. Yeah, the entire episode. You keep seeing numbers, mm-hmm. and uh, then it gets to that, the ca- a cab pulls up and has the number one yeah. of the cab. And so you just know something is about to happen, and you... Oh, oh man. it's just that dread, that dreadful moment. And because his his dad was a great character, mm-hmm. he really was. Mm-hmm. He was fun to watch. Yeah, he was oh, real good. Heartbreaking. So that was that was hard. That one hurt. Uh, let's see here. Grey's Anatomy. Okay. When Lexi died during the plane crash. Okay, so this this was like a two episode <laughs> long event. And if you watch Grey's Anatomy, number one, know. good on you. Number two... It's been on forever, though. If you it know. has. I'm not currently caught up, but whatever. So her and Mark Sloan had this, like, on-again, off-again thing. So she's, like, pinned underneath, like, half of this airplane. So you know she's not getting out. Right. And so Mark's there, and he's trying to be comforting, and he's like, you know, it's always been you. I love you. We were meant to be. And the last thing she says is, we're meant to be. And then she dies. And it's just so heartbreaking because, like, you keep wanting them to get together, and then he finally admits that he really loves her. I love you. I've always been in love with you. I will always be in love with you, which is why you have to stay alive. We're going to get married, and you're going to make an amazing surgeon, and we're going to have two or three kids. We're going to be happy, Lex, you and me. We're going to have the best life, Lexi, you and me. We're going to be so happy. You can't die, okay? You can't die because we're supposed to end up together. We're meant to be. And then she's as meant to be, and then she dies. Did, Uh, but then just rip your heart out. A few episodes later, like he's in a coma. Mm -hmm. He wakes up and he's like, "No, I'm totally fine." But it's this weird freak medical thing where people wake up from comas Mm -hmm. and they're good for like 12 hours and then they just die. Mm -hmm. And then he died. Oh gosh! So they were meant to be together in heaven or something. I don't know, but. It was just so heartbreaking. That entire episode, <laughs> yeah. like, just got you. Oh. The next one, and this one, I I didn't see. I never watched the show, but I went and watched this scene, okay. and so I had no emotional connection to these characters at all. And yeah, and it was still getting me. Okay, okay. I don't know the story. I don't know what led Can up you to just it. Tell me what Buffy it is? the Vampire Slayer. <gasps> when she when finds she walks her in and mom. finds her mom just lying just... dead on the couch. And she comes, and she's she appears to be an adult at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, she is. And so she's just walking in like normal in the house, asking a question, do I need to go pick up somebody from school? Yeah. I guess her little sister or something. And finds her, says, Mom? Mom? Mommy? Mommy? Oh! <laughs> then freaks out. Yeah. But yeah, that one hurt. My that, gosh. I, yeah. I, I Again, no emotional connection to these characters whatsoever, but just that scene was enough. They yeah. did it really well. She did. 
Uh, Sons of Anarchy. Did you watch that one? No. Yeah. I didn't watch that either. <laughs> Fans of the show were like, wait, what was it? What part? I watched that show. Well, we're not going to uh, talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it's not a nice <laughs> scene either. One Tree Hill. Did you watch One Tree yes, Hill? Yes, I did. Okay, so when Jamie where... put Quentin's cape uh, on his coffin uh, and when Skills mourned at the basketball court. Yes. Did so you Quentin? watch One Tree Hill? No, who's Quentin? Quentin. So he was a regular starting like season two or three or something like that. Yeah. Maybe No, you know what? He was in the first season. But anyway, he started getting more involved in the storyline as the seasons progressed. But just a solid individual. Just the kind of person that you wanted to be your friend because he always had your back. Um, so when Lucas, the little kid, not Lucas, was Jamie was born, like he was like, I'm going to be your person. Like we're going to hang out. It's going to be great. So he was a really good influence on this child. Mm. And, you know, told him, like, kids are going to make fun of you. Let them. Like, it doesn't matter. You know who you are. So that, oh, geez. Um, (laughs) She's having a hard time, folks. So it was just really heartbreaking because, like, that cape meant a lot to both of them. Yeah. Because he wanted to wear a cape to school. Jamie wanted to wear a cape to school. Mm. Um, So for him to, like, give up that cape and... Put it on his... Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, crap. No, I'm thinking of the wrong person. Did you say Quentin died? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm thinking of the wrong person. He was in the later episodes, like the later seasons. But he was a good... He was a kid. Okay. Rewind. It, forget just, everything I just said. Did you just, just come up with something No, fake? I was thinking of something else. <laughs> I was thinking of a different show. You were mixing two different yes, scenarios? But now I totally remember. Quentin... <laughs> so... Back up. Got this. Okay. You were almost crying, and you weren't even remembering the right thing. Shut up. Once your hill just gets you. Anyway, (laughs) so Haley is Jamie's mom, and Haley was Quentin's English teacher. And this kid was like, I'm just going to go play basketball. I'm going to be in the um, NBA. There's nothing. I don't need to learn English. So Haley really tried to, like, take him under her wing and, Mm. like, Surround him by good people. And he was really trying to get his life together to be a better person when he got shot. That's what it was. Okay. I totally remember now. All right. Next one. This is one that I know of. Uh, When Will cried in Uncle Phil's arms on Fresh Prince Bel-Air. Oh. Wondering why his dad didn't want him. That scene was so, like, I saw that first when I I was a real little kid. Yeah. This was like the first like sad scene I remember mm-hmm. as a child where he's he just goes off you know angry about everything he's going to do and he doesn't need his dad. I'm going to have I'm going to have a, a wife and I'm going to have kids and there's nothing he can teach me about being a father. Yeah. And then he just kind of stops and he's like huffing and puffing and then just how come he don't want me, man? Oh. And just hugs him. Oh. That, Golly. Did you know that that wasn't scripted? Uh, yes, I did know yeah. that. Yeah. So, like, because Will Smith apparently had the same relationship with his own father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so inspired by that. It was, yeah. it was really like, he guess, I guess he just connected with that char- his character in that moment. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah. yeah. And it, oh, yeah. It gets you. Mm-hmm. It gets you. Okay, now this one's a, an iconic one. I didn't ever see it personally, and I think it might have happened before... I was born? I don't remember. I don't know. The show's been on for so long. Sesame Street. When <sighs> Mr. Hooper died. And yes. the neighbors had to explain what that meant to Big Bird. To Big Bird. Because yeah. he didn't know. Yeah. Uh, I didn't actually watch it. When I was looking at this list, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's stinking sad. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Forever? <laughs> yeah. Or never? B- Big Bird, when, yeah. when people die, they don't come back. Ever? Oh. oh, like it's a puppet, and yeah. I'm just I'm getting all the feels <laughs> in my heart. Right, so a more recent one, and this is a show that you and I both watch, The Good Place. I don't watch The Good Place. You don't watch The Good Place? No, it's just not. John. Yep. Oh, I tried to, but it was just too stupid. Uh, no, it's, they kept saying four, and I just it's brilliant. Can't. It is couldn't. absolutely brilliant. Okay. Anyway. Well, anyway, they were. Uh, you know, Ellen, Eleanor and Cheedy. Do you know the characters at least? Yes. Okay, so yeah. Eleanor and Cheedy, basically the two main characters. 
uh, you know, they go through this, the reset after reset after reset of the good place. And so they've lived several lifetimes in this place. And each time they've fallen in love somehow or gotten closer somehow or helped oh, themselves somehow. Oh, that's sweet. And then they get, like, to this last thing. They have a chance to to save whatever it's hard to explain it to someone who hasn't seen it. Uh, <laughs> save this this uh, reset, this timeline. And the only way to do that is to have Eleanor be in charge and put Cheaty back in the simulation. And mm-hmm. to do that, they have to erase Cheaty's memory. And they have just finally gotten back together Aww. in the main storyline that we're seeing. They were meant to be. And so they're they're sitting and watching on this giant screen all the moments, all the times they've fallen in love, that most of which they don't remember. They're watching them on the screen. Oh no. And just reliving this and then they have to just They have to say goodbye. To point. Yeah, have to say goodbye. Oh man. That sucks so hard. <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> but it came it, it, it's it's it, it's ended well so far. So Well that's good. They're, they're back now. Okay. Uh let's see. So happy There's only one that. episode left of that too. That comes out this week and I'm I just don't know. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what they're going to do. John's told me like what they what they do. Yeah. And what they've done and the thing that they've added to the good place. Mhm. The door. Yeah. <laughs> so I I know some things. Yeah, it's strange. But Huh. All right, on Friends. Nope, I didn't watch Friends. You didn't watch Friends? No, it seems so stupid. It is. <laughs> I have. I don't even have the the time to tell you how wrong you are. Actually, it's gonna bug me if I. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm sorry. You're wrong. <laughs> no, on Friends, when Rachel found out that Ross had cheated on her, it was a really big moment. Basically, she says, "I used to think of you as somebody who would never ever hurt me ever." Now I can't stop picturing you with her. I can't. It doesn't matter what you say or what you do. It's just changed everything forever. You know, and this is the couple that you're waiting to get together. The will they, won't they couple which for the, the whole which show. Which two are they? Ross, the... Mm, he's the, the, the goof, tall guy? The nerdy goof. Is he the tall yeah. guy? Yeah. I okay. mean, not the nerdy... Not the goof. He's the nerdy nerd. I mean, he's the... He's the taller one. He's the dweeb. He's the museum guy, the archaeologist or whatever he is. See the taller one? They're all kind of tall except for Joey. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) And then Rachel, which is... Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Yeah, everyone knows that. that Okay. Uh, Wyatt Earp. Did you watch Wyatt Earp? Winona Earp. I'm sorry. Winona Earp. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on here. Okay. Futurama. Uh, You already told me you didn't watch this one. No, but you told me about it and that's completely heartbreaking. Yeah. So Fry... So I went back and I watched the scene just to make sure I was remembering it correctly. So let me, uh, there was a few more details to it. But essentially, it found, found like the remains of his dog. He's trying to bring his, his dog back. Uh, his dog's name is Seymour. And they had found out, what, it was a long, stupid, complicated, uh, to get to this point, show to get to this point. But, you know, they had found a way that they could clone the dog and bring him back. And then Fry stopped it and mm-hmm. said... I had Seymour for three years, but he went on to live many years after that. And he had other, he had another family and he had other friends and a whole life after me. And I shouldn't, you know, shouldn't desecrate that essentially. Right, right. And so they don't clone the dog. The dog doesn't come back. Well, then they flash back to the dog sitting outside of the place where Fry works for the rest of his life. Oh, jeez. Waiting for Fry to come back. So he didn't have anybody else. That dog just sat there and waited as everything around him started to get decrepit and aged and all that. And he's getting old. And then eventually he just puts his head down on the, on no. the pavement and dies. Oh. <laughs> I I don't know if you've ever had to, but putting a dog that you've mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. to sleep is literally the most heartbreaking it is thing. Awful. Yeah. I had I had my dog for fifteen years and like thirty some odd days. And it was just the right thing to do and I Oh my gosh. It yeah. was like it was the the worst thing ever. Yep. The worst thing ever. So just the <laughs> uh, Oh my gosh. Pets get you a lot worse than humans do, I guess. 
Anyway. All right, Glee. You watched this one. I don't. I, I never watched this one. But this one had a real life tie because the actual, yeah, like actor, actor died. died. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Schuster wept while holding Finn's Letterman jacket. So, oh jeez, I got a box of tissues here in case I need them. Um, <laughs> but I can I can vividly remember I was sitting on the couch. I had just finished the fourth season of Glee on Netflix, and the fifth season hadn't been released to Netflix yet. So I went to Hastings. To and rent I, it? <laughs> no, and I bought the fifth. Oh season. my gosh! I had to know. So the the season the episode is called the quarterback, and mm. everyone is just mourning because he's died. And the episode before he the episode before the one right before whatever before that episode, the quarterback Finn like breaks into this room and punches a guy and tells him to get off of Rachel and. He's like, get off my wife and all this stuff. Like, they were going to get married. Like, they were they were meant to be. So everyone's freaking out. But the only reason that Finn was in Glee is because Mr. Schuster, like, blackmailed him pretty much. He heard him singing in the locker that. room I and was like, story point. Yeah. either you join Glee or I tell your coach that I found weed in your locker, which wasn't <laughs> true. Um but he was able to, you know, show Finn how to be a man because he didn't have a father yeah. in his life because his dad had died. And so to Mr. Schuster, that was his son. And, oh, geez. He's just like holding this Leatherman's jacket, just crying into his wife's arms. And yeah. Just, so, oh, it was just heartbreaking. <laughs> so next one is Lost. I didn't watch it. You didn't watch it? I, I watched, watched like it. the first season, but I was in like the sixth grade when it came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a little older than you. A lot older. <laughs> what are you, like 45, Matt? I am 34. Thank you. Well, I'm dyslexic, so <laughs> I was close. Uh, I'm lost when Charlie sacrificed himself to save everyone. I watched the whole show, but only one time. You know, it's not like been a repeat show. Yeah, yeah. For me. So I don't actually remember this. I don't even remember Charlie. I probably should have watched this one. It's Dominic Monaghan. It was his first um, role-ish thing, hmm. like right after The Lord of the Rings. Hmm. Okay. So. Yeah. Anyway, Dawson's Creek. Did you watch Dawson's I Creek? I did not. No. We'll skip that one then. Okay. Uh, no. 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 All these shows we don't watch. Friday Night Lights. Did you watch that? No, John did, though. Yeah, John can take that show and shove it off to the side. Off to, there you go. <laughs> like, um, Matthew, that's not very Christian. All right, Doctor Who. There's a lot in Doctor Who. I, I'm a big Doctor Who fan. There's a lot of scenes like this because essentially either he dies he to regenerate. The doctor. Yeah. Or... His companion either dies or, for some reason or another, has to stop being his companion, and it's usually a tragic reason. So, like, every season. Okay. So there's something big and emotional at the end of almost every season. Gotcha. But the first one, the first real heartbreaking one, came at the end of season two, when, to save the world, they had to open this this portal to a different dimension or whatever, and... Rose, his companion, who they were in love, like this was a romantic storyline, mm-hmm. got sucked through, and then the door closed. And you can't and open it. So they're it. both, yeah, they're both standing on the same side of a wall, separated by two different universes, just with their ears up against it and their hands up against it, uh. just knowing they're separated forever. And so, yeah, they it cuts to a couple years or. Several months later, at least, and they get like a a message like coming through. Like the doctor sends a message to her in a dream and tells her coordinates of where to go. And she drove all out there, and he kind of shows up as this hologram thing, saying, "You know, he's he's using the energy from a dying uh, supernova to send this message. But once it burns up, that's going to be it, kind of oh. thing." And so they're sitting there, and the heartbreaking moment comes. And I don't even think they list it here in the thing. But the heartbreaking moment comes because they'd never really 
gotten together. They've never really 100% solidified that they love each other. Right. Okay. Because the okay. doctor's like that because he's Weird. been alive for hundreds of years. Okay. And so in those last few seconds, she says uh, that she loves him. Mm-hmm. You know, crying, sobbing, ugly crying too. They didn't even make it look pretty. Just like genuine crying. Right. And he says, well, if it's my last chance to say it, Rose Tyler, uh, and then he cuts out. <gasps> and it's gone. Oh, man. And she collapses onto the ground. Oh, yeah. And he does too. And it's, oh, it hurt. It hurt me. <laughs> Still hurts me deep. Oh. I find it's the the... The love-based ones that hurt me more than the death-based ones? I don't know. I don't know. I think it just depends on how invested I am. Mm. Uh, we got Arrow, where Tommy was crushed under a building and Oliver couldn't save him. I didn't. He's I yelling, Tommy, it should have been me. Open your eyes, Tommy. Open your eyes. I remember that. I don't remember how I felt when I first saw it. I didn't watch that part. <laughs> Mash. Okay. This one was when it was revealed that Lieutenant, Lieutenant uh, Colonel Henry Blake's plane was shot down and no one survived. He was going home and he got Dang. shot down. Dang. And so that's, I mean, that's how the episode ended. The episode ended just fine. He's going home and he left and it was a big send off. And then there's two minutes left in the show and just radar comes in saying, I have a message. Lieutenant Colonel Henry Blake's plane was shot down over the Sea of Japan. It spun in. There were no survivors. And so it, it was just this out of nowhere, out of left field thing. And that's the way it ended. And you come to find out the writers actually did it out of spite. Because oh, the man. dude quit the show. <laughs> they didn't want him to quit the show. His story wasn't going to be over. And he <laughs> but wanted then to be it done. was. <laughs> and so, and that, that brought this whole list of things. of That happens a lot. Oh, it does. That's, that people get, that the writers get mad that a character decides they don't want to be on the show anymore. And so they always kill them off. It's never a nice thing. Yep. <laughs> that happened in Grey's Anatomy to literally my favorite character. We'll get to that in a moment. It did. I remember that. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, see, there's a lot of violent ones on here, like on The Walking Dead. Oh, that one. I don't one. want to talk about that. Well, let me... <laughs> That one was heartbreaking. It was, I, w- I won't talk about the act, but so Negan, bad guy. Um, He's Bru- the one that has the bat wrapped yeah. in barbed wire. Barbed wire. Okay, that guy. Her name is Lucille. Um, anyway. The bat is. The bat, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's sad because you know that Glenn, the guy, the, the victim, mm-hmm. the guy that died, did it. To save his, not necessarily her, his wife, but his wife. She, they had just found out she was pregnant, and Negan was like, "I'm gonna kill two of you, so, you know, pick which one," um, type of thing. And he, you know, was like, "It's not gonna be my wife. It's not gonna be my kid. It's not gonna be my wife." He doesn't say that, but you just get that feeling that that's yeah. exactly why he did it. Um, and after he he gets hit. And then after he gets hit, he says, Maggie, I will always find you. Oh, right in the feels. Because the entire time he's just trying to reassure her that he loves her. Yeah. Whilst he's dying. And it's just really sad. Wow. Uh, more recent one that's happened last season. The end of Superstores last season. I haven't seen it. Where... Deidre's mad at me for not seeing yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Deidre is determined to get you to like it. Where they have a character on there. And this is a comedy, you know. They don't do super emotional stuff too often. But this is how it ended. And it was, it, was, it, it seemed off-tone, but it was also very emotional. And that the character Mateo, he finds out really early on in the show, he finds out that his parents brought him over to America. And they were illegal aliens. And he was technically an illegal alien, too. Oh, dang. That he was an undocumented worker. And... Uh, when he first got hired, uh, there was some some glitch in the system or whatever that got him through that uh, they didn't have like the 
that background check thing for uh, illegal yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't remember what it's called now. Got it. Um, but then several points throughout the next couple seasons, there's a lot of near misses with that. And then they do this, the company does this thing where they have to put everybody through this background check, even if you've been working there. And his boss, Glenn, you know, figures it out. And is his boss a jerk? No, no, no. He figures oh. it out. And he's, and at the end of the episode, he said, so I, I ran your name through the check again and everything's good. You know, everything came back fine. And, you know, that just kind of a knowingly, I got your back kind of thing. And yeah. Oh, so, so he was breathed. trying to like. Yeah, they breathed in. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, then it was like the store was trying to, the store was starting up this thing of uh, the union, unionizing idea. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so as kind of like a punishment or a deterrent or whatever, they ran everybody's name through <gasps> and found out that he oh, was. And so no. they sent people and they didn't find out that they were coming to check the store for him until they were literally upon the store. Oh, damn. And so it's like several minutes of them, like everybody's trying to sneak him out, hide him, get him out of the building. Oh, like a team effort. And then they all get, oh. they all just get cornered, centered. And they're, everybody's panicking and he just says, guys, it's over. And then it just Aww. cuts to him in the back of like a big police van thing behind the little gated shield. Mm. It was awful. And everybody's just watching him as they drive him away. It was really bad. That sounds it was really bad. Yeah. Oh, it, it hurt. It hurt. Something like that happened in, well, in Golden Girls. Yeah. Yeah. Where... Um, Dorothy had a student that she was trying to mentor on like writing styles and stuff because he was a really talented writer. Well, she submits his paperwork to the newspaper because it was really good, like it was a poem or something. And it turns out that immigration had been looking for this particular student because he was um, an illegal immigrant. Mm. And the episode ends with like INS or whoever coming to dorothy's house and saying like we know he's here and she's trying to protect him Hmm. but she can't and he comes out of the kitchen he's like it's okay and she hugs him and she says you will always be my favorite student and then he just walks off with them Hmm. and you never know what happens and do you know who that student was mario lopez really yeah (laughs) but it was a good episode like it was sad because she never meant for that to happen yeah but Oh, man. Wow. Heartbreaking. Okay. Uh, we are running low on time, so let's get... Let's go fast. Let's do... Well, let's just do our last two shows that we want to focus on. Okay. So we'll do yours first, which is so Golden Girls, right? Go, there's there's a Golden Girls, and then there's Eight Simple Rules. Okay. I want to talk let's about Let's do it. those two real quick. Okay. So in Golden Girls, um, there's an episode where they're talking about um, birthdays, and they do several like flashback episodes, which are fun. Um, and Rose, which is, um, Betty White is talking about the first birthday she had after her husband, Charlie had passed away. So she, the, the scene starts, she's fixing a cake and putting it on the kitchen table. And then she walks out of the room. Then she opens the door and goes, a cake for me. It's my birthday. You remembered. So she sits down at this table and starts having a conversation with her dead husband, And she's saying that, you know, I've decided that since it's my birthday, you can't get mad at me, um, but I'm going to sell the house and I'm going to move. I can't move on. Um, There's just too many memories here. I heard Miami is really nice. And she's just talking all about how, you know, she can't move on without him um, in that house. And she says, I know, Rose, shut up and eat your cake. So. She goes, well, you know, it's my birthday, so I get the rose. And she cuts this giant piece of cake and starts eating it. But it's just, it's so heartbreaking. <laughs> and Rose is Betty White, right? Rose is Betty okay. White. I already said that. Thanks for listening. I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because she is really like the ditzy one. She's not normally super serious. Right. But she's having this whole conversation with her dead husband. Like, don't be mad at me. I still love you. Um, and trying to continue those traditions, even though she's gone, he's gone. It was, oh, mm. just got you right in the heart. I remember watching that show with John or that episode with John 
And he goes, dang it, Betty White. Why would you do this to me? <laughs> That's good writing, man. It's just uh, it's heartbreaking. All right, what's the other one? Eight simple rules? Eight simple rules. For, and they used to be called eight, eight simple, simple rules, rules for dating my teenage daughter, right? That yes. was the original title. Yeah, but it was short to eight simple rules. So it was John Ritter and the wife from Married with Children. I don't remember her name. Okay. Anyway, so, you know, John Ritter was this magazine or a newspaper writer for sports or something. Anyway, John Ritter. For sports. <laughs> for, like he's a sports writer. Whatever. I don't know these things. But one episode, he's totally fine making plans, all this stuff. And then the next episode, he's dead because John Ritter actually died mm. in real life. So this is normally a comedy show. It's a sitcom. And, you know, the entire episode, you've got these characters that are just weeping and crying because, you know, their TV dad is dead. But you know that the actors are actually crying yeah. because their friend has passed away. Uh, and it just, the entire episode is just a tear fest. At the very end, they're all laying in um, their parents' beds. So it's the mom and then the three kids. They're just laying there looking at pictures and they're just crying. And they're like, I miss him. And he's just gone. Like, it's not anything that they could ever... You know, they can't bring him back. Right. And it's just heartbreaking because you know that the show's never going to be the same again. Because yeah. John Ritter was just hysterical. And that's that's a strange thing that happens, especially when the show has to continue. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when that happened with News Radio. Did you ever watch News Radio with Phil Hartman and Andy nope. Dick and Dave Foley? Nope. Well, that was... Phil Hartman was essentially the... He wasn't the main character, but he was the funniest character okay. on the show. And he was one of the constants. And... After uh, four seasons of a really funny show, he died. That was when he got killed over the summer after the you know that uh, break. And yeah. so their first episode back for the fifth, which turned out to be the last season because they couldn't keep it together without Phil Hartman. He was yeah. like the glue of the show. That last that first episode back was just all about that. He had passed away, and they were trying to be funny in it but. as well. But also knowing, gosh, this is just a heartbreaking thing. What do we do? You yeah. know? But um, yeah, you should watch that show. I bet you would really love News Radio. It's a really good show. I'll anyway, think about it. my two things uh, we'll do the last one on this list, which was Boy Meets World. The Fiene. last episode when Feeney, <laughs> Mr. Feeney said Fiene. goodbye to everyone. Oh. Yeah. Love you all. Class dismissed. Ouch. Oh, man. It was a good hurt. You know, at least it was a... They did well by him. Yeah. They really did. Yeah. Um, But good night and Mm -hmm. goodbye. (laughs) That entire last scene, because he's telling Mm -hmm. them, like... This is like a big impassioned speech, right? To everybody sitting in there. And he says, he says, do good. And Sean says, don't you mean do well? And he says, no. I mean, do good. Like, You're breaking the laws of grammar for these kids. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the last... Yeah, no, that's good. It's, yeah. The last show we'll talk about is one that... This is one of the things early on that your husband John and I connected over. And that is Scrubs. Scrubs. And <sighs> how stupid, ridiculous that show is. So great. And yet, when it wants to be heartbreaking, it is devastating. And it does it so well. So subtly. Like, it comes out of nowhere and it still hits you like a ton of bricks. And so there were three actual things that I remember on this. I mean, there are several scenes that are really sad. But the top three in my mind are as follows. Okay. In this order or no particular order? In this order. order, Okay. Counting down. Counting. Okay. Three, two, one. Three, two, okay. Number three was when Laverne died, which is what you brought up. Laverne being the 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 passionate black lady, <laughs> one sassy black lady, as Creed would say on The Office. Yeah. Um, but she was the the religious one, but also you know gossipy and yeah. goofy and <laughs> that's in the get it your own dang self drawer. But <laughs> but. In this, leading up to this, it had been like a two-parter episode. It was, about yeah. Everything happens faith, for a reason. You know, about yeah, about how, how, how God's in control of things and, and all that. And then we find out at the very end, she 
She's in a car accident. She was in a car accident. And in a coma. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. And then she dies. Ugh. The sad, I think the saddest part of that episode was when Carla refused to say goodbye. Yeah. Because they were best friends. Mm-hmm. And Carla's like, if I don't say goodbye, she can't leave. Right. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm going to cry. All right. Number two. Let's move on before you cry. Number two was the episode where they had a patient... And this was a patient that had been in several times over the, the show. The old lady? No, 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 no. Not the old lady. Oh, okay. It was the girl from Mad TV. Oh. Who died. Crazy lady. And, and so that was sad in and of itself. It was. But they used her organs to save a bunch of other people who were waiting. It was like five different people, I think, yeah. who were waiting on organs. Uh, including one who needed a kidney but wasn't in a rush. Right. To get a kidney. Yeah. And then they found out she had drugs right. in her system or something. What rabies. Was it? Rabies. That's she what it was. Rabies. She had rabies. So they're trying like crazy so, to save all these yeah, people. And they're just and they dying couldn't. one after another. And the first four died. And Dr. Cox is just having a, a meltdown over it. And JD says, look, it, all of these people, it was going to be a miracle if they had gotten an organ anyway. You know, they... they they were most likely going to die. And then that last one, the kidney patient, who he'd already been uh, just befriending the one and stuff, yeah, yeah. passed away. And after that, and in the fight, and he throws the paddles and everything, and he goes back to JD and says, he wasn't about to die, was he? He could have waited a few more months for a kidney. And then he just left. Oh, my gosh. And that was just, oh, gosh. I'm not crying, you're crying. It was awful. And so that leads us up to the number one. The number one, which was... Where do you think we are right now? (laughs) Yeah, where do you think we are right now? This whole episode of him imagining... Him being Dr. Cox. Yeah, Dr. Cox imagining his ex-brother-in-law, technically, and then... We later find it, yeah. Later brother-in-law, who's played by Brendan Fraser, who had been on the show a couple times already. Yeah. And it was was clearly established they were pretty much best buddies. They were really close. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he died, but yeah. he died early in the episode. But we don't realize it. You don't you don't know it. You don't realize nobody else is interacting with him except for Doctor Cox in this episode. Yep. And this whole uh. episode, or and leading up to that, uh, they were talking about they were going to have a party for his son. His son's in the park. birthday party. Yeah. yeah, his birthday party in the park, and they wanted it to be nice, and so they were going to dress up and stuff like that, and so. They're all walking to what you think is the birthday party. And he's, uh, Dr. Cox says, JD, well, are you ready to see my kid with cake all over his face and, you know, stuff like that? And JD just stares at him, where do you think we are right now? And then you realize they're at his funeral. Oh! Oh! The the guy's funeral and, oh, the, the, the music, the, 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 the acting is really good. Yes. They also did a phenomenal job choosing the music for this stuff. Yeah. Because that is what really drew you in emotionally to those scenes. Uh, like the scene where everybody was dying in the it's hospital. How to that save was a life. How to Save a Life, yeah. which was perfect. Uh, oh, it's just, it was it was heartbreaking. It was. Scrubs every once, is mean. <laughs> every once in a while, when I want to tick John off, I'll say, where do you think we are right now? And he'll go, shut up! <laughs> You stop that! You stop it right now! Not funny. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Okay. Uh, Woo, there hurt. are so many more, though. <laughs> I mean, really, I could talk about these all day long. Yeah, there's a lot, and we're we've been we're over time. No, we're not. Uh, <laughs> this is your this is your show, Matt. Do what you want. We're still bound by a few uh, laws of time and space. That's not true. Um, <laughs> but a uh, real quick thing, and this this is. Semi-related. Uh, we are launching a new card game, and we're really excited about it. It's called Church Flicks. Uh, you can find our Facebook page uh, online as well. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm about to say, I'm about to give things. you an address, and then I realize we don't really have an address yet for it. Uh, I'll make one. All right. I'm going to just make it up right now, and it's going to be ready by the time you hear this. That's not true. Go to backrowradio.com slash... Church flicks, spelled exactly like it sounds. 
and it'll take you to our Facebook page where we'll kind of keep it updated. It's going to, it's going to hopefully come out on February 25th. Uh, so just under a month from now, uh, we've got the prototype coming in we're going to be testing it and making sure it's all ready to go, but we're really excited about it. It's going to be playing. It plays like cards against humanity, but it's not exactly the same in that what we're doing is you get a bunch of scenes, unfinished Christian movie scenes. Okay. This sounds awful. No, it's great. Unfinished scenes that has a missing line at the end. And then the cards, the other cards are your lines cards. And these cards come from Christian movies. They come from TV shows, come from a bunch of popular things that you've heard. And you're picking the best line to finish the scene, the funniest line. And I think it's going to be great. I think it's it's uh, inspired by the Whose Line Is It Anyway game, which is Whose Line. That's the game where they literally have a pocket full of weird lines. Weird lines, and they just and pull it out. And they're out a scene and, they... and then eventually pull out and, and add that into it. Yeah. And so I, I think it'll work really well. Uh, I want you to be excited for it as well. And I'm, sh- I'm sure once we launch, we'll give one away at some point. Can uh, I win it? Soon after that. No, you can't. Um, so I can't win the back row championship, and I can't win these cards. Correct. Why do I even show up? <laughs> but yeah, we're we're excited about it, and uh, it's going to be fun. It's it's probably of all the games that we've made, I think I'm I'm more optimistic about this one than any of the other ones. Judge Not was very popular from our perspective, anyway, for for a lot of people. But I think this one's going to blow it out of the water. I really do. So. Be excited for that. <laughs> I need to remind myself to make that uh, web address. Before well, too bad right. you don't have an Alexa up here to remind you. <laughs> Coming up next, we share something that we love. We'll be right back in just a few minutes with more of the morning side hug right here on Back Row Radio. back to the morning side hug as our show is coming to a close for today but first i want to share with you something that i love as most of you know i've been on this uh, keto journey for a while and it's really hard to find keto snacks that remind you of things that have a bunch of gluten and stuff in them you know carbohydrates Um, but i did recently find something and it's relatively new product because it still says new on the packaging Uh, from Nature's Path, and it's grain-free granola. And they have three different flavors. They have, like, caramel, uh, pecan, maple, almond, and then some vanilla, something or other that I haven't tried yet. But what it it crumbles like granola. It has, you know, it, 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 it has the taste and the feel of granola, but there's no granola in it. It's, I mean, there's no grain in it. It's no oats, no nothing. It's all seeds and nuts. And then a little bit of uh, a very little bit of sugar in the flavoring to keep it like, like together, kind together of, and yeah. stuff. But even when it breaks apart, it's still really good. It's uh, it's delicious. I mean, it tastes and feels like mouthfeel and everything, just like granola. Yeah, this uh, radio show is sponsored by Grain Free Granola. <laughs> no, I really love it. It's it's one of the more exciting snacks. And uh, I think you get like a half a cup or a cup. I don't remember now. A good portion of it. And it's only four carbohydrates, which is not bad at all. Uh, so if you're in that wise, if you're going low carb and have been aching. Oh, it would make a good cereal too, by the way. If <laughs> you're aching for that kind of thing. Find Nature's Path grain-free granola. Really good stuff. All right, let's close out our show with Bible verse of the day. Mark 9.35, and he sat down and called the twelve, and he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. Thank you for joining us. There is a Back Row Morning Show every weekday at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 Pacific. Mo and I bring you the morning side hug most of the week. Uh, of course, Hillary is joining there us this we week. Uh, and Bubba and Anna bring you Church Nerds every Friday. That would be your part now. Oh, I'm trying to figure out who Bubba is. Bubba Stalkup. Who's Anna? Anna Stalkup. Oh. <laughs> from, Kudos. They're from do, Love Thy Nerd. Do they know, do they know each other? Uh, I think so. I think they met. You think so? Prior to this. 
Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio. Or you can follow me on, on Twitter at, um, at, actually, I don't know my Twitter name. Never mind. Are you um, talking about your comedy account or are you talking no, about your real my, account? No, my actual account. <laughs> okay. I think it's at Hillary Corinne, but it might be at Mrs. Berkey. I don't know. Anyway. I think it's um, at Hillary Corinne. Join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Back Row Baptist Church, by going to backrowbaptist.com. If you love what we do here at Back Row Radio, please consider partnering with us at Patreon. No, I see. I forget. I keep forgetting to update this. Uh, please consider partnering with us at backrowradio.com slash partner. What a loser. <laughs> Don't support him. There, no, are, I'm just kidding. I'm just there kidding. are several tiers with different rewards and incentives, but even just committing to donating $1 a month will get you into our private Facebook group, The Scoop, and get you our private podcast feed where you'll get every full episode of The Morning Side Hug and you'll get a full episode of Church Nerds a day early. Of course, we also offer the Back Row Free Podcast, where you'll get a weekly podcast on Thursdays from the Morning Side Hug with selected clips from all four of our shows from that week, and you'll get Critical Hit with Hector Mira and the full ep- episodes of Church Nerds after they air on Fridays. That is it for the show. We'll be back tomorrow. We hope you will, too. Once again, I'm Matt. I'm Hillary. Remember that Jesus loves you. At where you do think. Oh, oh, come on. We've said it a hundred times already. Oh, man. Why would you do that? <laughs> I'm not saying that. (laughs) I hate you. Where do you think we are right now? (laughs) And if you see us around, we love a side note. That's not true. Please don't hug me. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 